Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's MasterChef After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's MasterChef After Show. So we need guys. Guys, thank you for tuning in to the MasterChef After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. We're, of course, playing some of the Ramones in honor of Tommy's passing on Friday, uh, courtesy of our special guest here that we will get to in one moment. Guys, this is the MasterChef After Show here at AfterBuzz TV for Season 5, Episode 8, Top 4 Compete. I am your host, Stephen Lemieux, joined here by my amazing co-hosts, as always, Tracy. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And Zach. Hey, guys. Welcome back. And as you might see next to me, rocking the, rocking the white and black stripes, we have one of the expos from tonight's episode, Daniel. Hey, man. How's it going? Also a contestant on the show. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, good to have you on the show. I'm glad you make it in. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Thanks. thanks for having me. We're, we're working on flying some people out. No, I'm just kidding. But he's in, he's in, he's in Hollywood. It's great <laughs> that you can get you out here and you know, talk about MasterChef because, of absolutely. course... I'm, I hope you like the show. <laughs> yeah. At this point, yeah, I would hope so. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was a big fan of the show, you know, before doing it. So it's it's still kind of, you know, surreal to get to watch myself on the show. Can I ask you, I want to just like ask you a few questions before we get in the episode and then yeah. kind of go, we'll cover the episode and then ask you some more stuff. But how did you get involved with MasterChef? Like, what was the process to be part of this show? Uh, I really like telling this story uh, <laughs> because um, I was going through a break of technology. I wanted to like cleanse my palate of phones and video games and just kind of get back to being really grounded. So I made up this this rule that was it's kind of weird to talk about, but I found out that it did amazing things for me. And that's was I was never going to I was no longer going to take my phone to the bathroom. I was going <laughs> to I was going to reconnect. Interesting. With traditional media. I was going to read books and uh, other things on paper. So I I picked up the LA Weekly one morning and and I saw the uh, the advertisement for Master Chef audition, and I was like, "Well, it's today," <laughs> and it, it was going on at the time. It was only going on for two more hours, so I was like, "Do I finish or do I?" Uh... <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, so yeah, I just decided this has to happen. You know, this is one of those things that this coincidentally is, the sign. Yeah. It's it's clearly going to be. I love doing things for the story, so this was one of those things that was like. <laughs> No matter what, this is going to be a good story. I need to go down there. I need to see what it's all about. So it started with a, a cold audition, just walking down to Hollywood one day. And uh, the amazing thing about the audition was, uh, and this is interesting because, you know, I'm trying to get back in touch with reading, 
but I didn't read the rules, which say, hey, bring a dish. Bring a dish that you made. So I just showed up. And they're like, cool, we're glad you're here. Where's the dish? <laughs> I don't have a dish. Um, but I had an hour and a half at that point. So they're like, can you make it back? And at that point, it would have been great to just, it would have been easy to just go, all right, I'm out. I'm going to go home. Let's watch some cartoons. But that's when it was like, well, this is even even better story if I keep going. So drove home, picked up some stuff on the way home, drove back to the audition. There's like 30 minutes left in the audition now. And I still didn't prepare the dish. I just brought a bunch of prep stuff. It was happening at a culinary school. So I'm like, I'm going to get access to a stove, right? No stove. But I have a gas burner in my car at all times. So I went <laughs> I went to I the parking lot and I made uh, French mussels for, for the audition. And I was the last guy in the door. I was the last guy in the door for the L.A. auditions. For the and, third time, though, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, the first two times I didn't get in the door. They're just like, come back and bring food. <laughs> and the second time they were like, come back and bring food that we can eat. And then the third time I was like, all right, you've got hot food. That's kind of cool. Come on in. So that's how it, that's kind of how it played out, man. That's awesome. Who ate the food? Um, let's see. Ramsey was supposed to be there, Chef Ramsey. And I think he was earlier in the day. Um, but by the time I got there, there were some, I think we had some, we had some chefs and some culinary experts that were there to sample everything and, uh, some, uh, some other, uh, some judges, but not the judges from the show or anything like that. So it was great, man. It was really, really cool. Do you think that really helped you though? Cause I mean, I imagine they see thousands of people for the show. So having something memorable like that, you got to see, you get to like interact with them that many times and then you tell them like yeah I had to cook the stuff I had to go cook it and yeah I cooked it on the gas burner in my car (laughs) yeah I think well I think the thing was I didn't even have to tell them that right I think they could just see like this guy's crazy (laughs) we and it's hard to break him and that's definitely I think you know that's one of the characteristics you have to have is you can't just you can't just lie down at the at the first sign of a challenge so yeah maybe I think maybe that's something that helped me get through that's pretty awesome I mean I, I don't know if anyone else has a like a story just like that because they mostly probably showed up with a dish because I mean well, you think they'd prepared like yeah. Yeah. this is something that the they want to do they probably <laughs> right. read the rules yeah <laughs> they probably knew it was coming more than two hours into that's, the auditions that's though. also true yeah so, but you were a fan before of Master Chef absolutely kinda... yeah I was watching it for years gotcha were you yeah. a bit starstruck when they had the previous season's content- uh, winner on yeah no that was really cool because um, I admittedly hadn't seen a lot with Alexander so I was in. You know, even more blown away going into a cold, seeing what this kid could bring to the table. That guy is a food wizard. That guy is from the future. That kid, Alexander, <laughs> it's not fair that anybody has to recreate what he was building because he's just doing some really next level stuff. It's really cool. It's really cool to see a kid that's making that kind of We're stuff. We're talking about the, um, I, I totally blanked, the dessert. Yeah, Luca, yeah. Luca came back with his uh, veal dish, and veal dish. Alexander had this crazy panna cotta. The panna cotta, yeah. That with, was it. with candied hazelnuts and, uh, you know, all kinds. I'm so glad I didn't have to make that one. So glad. <laughs> well, you didn't do too well in the donuts, so. <laughs> the, the donuts, uh, I think I just made a whole lot of, right? I mean, you like, just, is that your 16? Yeah, I see, <laughs> I see a box. You can't count. I get it. It's, all <laughs> it's an OCD thing. It's like there's still space in this box. 
I got to put something in the box. I think that's really what I it gotta, was. I mean, if you're making a box of donuts, you're going to take those in the car. Stuff's going to slide around. Yeah. You got to buffer it. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's... Not like Amazon where you just put a bunch of packaging around <laughs> it. I mean, what better what box. better stuff to, to fill out the space than more donuts? donuts. <laughs> yeah, edible packaging. Or if you brought donuts to work, you're not going to show up with a box that's like three quarters full. <laughs> then it's just like, thanks, dude, for being cheap with the donuts. <laughs> you got to go you know, full bore, and that's what I did. Might as well not brought donuts at all. There yeah. you go. <laughs> what, what has been your most difficult challenge in the series thus to our episode to date? Oh, let's think. Um, man, there's there's a lot. Of the, all the team ones, and I think it goes without saying, you can tell when you're watching that that the team challenges are insane. Because it's not just that you're up against insurmountable odds to begin with, like feed 500 soldiers <laughs> in two hours. It's also do it with these strangers that you've had little to no time to you know get to know you don't know their personality you don't know their skill set you don't really know how to work with these people and you're under intense pressure so i guess that's the answer to the question that any of these team challenges like what we saw tonight with the uh, the diner takeover i can't think of anything harder than that man that was <laughs> that was so intense emotionally intense physically intense like it's it can it can break you on just about every level well, you talk about the team challenges, but last week you were paired as teams, like team partners, with Big Willie. Yeah. What, what, what is it like working with Big Willie? Well, a small team, and, and maybe small team isn't the way to describe myself and Willie as a... <laughs> but um, the man has gravitas, is what I'm trying to say. But a, a small team, I think that's I think that's I'm way more at home with something like that. It's a lot easier and, and really fun to take to get together with any one person, creative or or talented in any way and, and really embrace what they're good at and find a way to work off of that. So working with Willie was a blast, man. That was I think that's been probably one of my favorite dishes that we've seen so far. Well, that was the seared ahi tuna on egg and crispy skin roe. Was that like a sushi thing? Like, what was that dish? Yeah. So Willie's from the South. I'm from, I'm from Texas, too, originally. So we know we got to bring something to the plate that represents the South. But I've... I've spent a little time in, in Japan, and I've just become a total Nipponophile, and I really love working with sushi. So we thought fried chicken, which is also huge in Japan, uh, let's do that, and let's put a, like a light sushi component. So you've got something heavy, and then you've got something really light and refreshing to go along with it. It looked good. Yeah, it looks awesome. Every time we see it, we want to like... They always do the close-up of the food, and it always makes you hungry immediately. Yeah, for sure, man. And then we did... What did we do? We had like a sushi roll that had fried chicken skin in it, which yeah. is... Which everybody knows that's the best part of the chicken. Like, <laughs> the uh, skin, yes. What do you like? What do you like? The breast or the leg? Or, no, you like the skin. Fried <laughs> skin. That's yep. the best part. So just putting that inside of a, a, a roll, that was so good, man. That was good. Do you guys have any questions, or I'm going to shoot off another one or two? I'm just well, let's thinking about the... the fried chicken. Oh. <laughs> let's go okay, yeah, the let's, episode. We'll go on to the episode. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm, Gosh, calm know, down, Steven. Sorry. <laughs> no, so this was actually a really good episode. I enjoyed seeing like the whole diner aspect, because it is the first time you really see them in a kitchen aspect of you have demands to meet, you have a market to meet with these people, and these are people who are expecting a certain consistency with their food. Right. And... Let's face it, there's a lot of old people, which are very hard to please, so that kind of gives you, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a well-known thing in, in food service that there's different palates are a lot harder to please. So, um, this is, we're at Dinah's in Culver City, so this is probably, you probably recognize the, the area, the layout pretty yeah. well. Have you ever, had you been there before? No, man, just uh, like, like most of us, I, I know it from driving past it on the way to LAX, so that's where <laughs> I had seen it before, but, uh. No, I hadn't actually been there prior. So, okay, so 
basically it's a famous diner. They're going to be making food. They're going to take over the entire kitchen. We're going to move into two teams. And right now the teams are like, okay, well, the leader is going to be Christine and the blue team leader is going to be Willie. Well, they decide that they're not going to let them choose the teams. They're going to say, hey, guys. Boys versus girls. <laughs> what did you guys think at this point? Like, what were you like immediately off the bat saying? Boys versus girls. Who do you think is the strongest team? Not bringing really sex into it, but more just like the the people who are on each team and how they've performed so far in the challenges. Um, I think it was pretty even. Actually, I didn't yeah. like my head didn't go one way or the other. So I was like, you know, they have some really strong female cooks and they also have some really strong male cooks. So I was kind of like, this is going to be interesting. I would have just put the. Uh, just based on like the fried chicken edition, I would have said the guys team, just with some of the the people on there. It's like there's more people that I would trust with that particular dish. People like coming from the south, like that's you want somebody from the south handling the fried chicken. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> do you agree with uh do you agree with Elizabeth's statement at the beginning that the top five at this point are Courtney, Christine, Willie, Jamie, and herself? Like what would you say? I mean, we all know that Courtney and Willie are kind of like the top contenders to mm-hmm. the audience in this point. Yeah. Just because of their screen time and because of the way they've been portrayed and how well they're doing in competition. But for Elizabeth to pull Christine out and Jamie, which we haven't seen too much from, like, where do you think this? Like, do you think that's kind of accurate, or who would you have your top five be at this point? Um, I oh, that's hard to say. I wouldn't say that would be my top five, just because, like I've said a million times, Christine hardly has had any airtime up to this point. Like I, like I said last episode, I keep forgetting she's there, and then she comes again, and I'm like, oh yeah, she's still here. <laughs> like I forget. So I just don't feel like she's had a chance to really, really prove herself, and I think that was great. She got in this. Uh, position to really prove herself. So she hasn't been featured, but that does. But her dishes have been solid enough to keep her from being overly criticized. Like she hasn't been hammered into the ground at this point. As long as you're not on camera, you're safe, basically. I, yeah, I guess. I guess and that's it, what that means. And I mean, Jamie. What I mean, that is a bit of a surprise. But she, again, like she barely done anything wrong, and like she's had a couple times where she stands out of the pack when she gets to bake. Well, what's interesting is is I find it the opposite in that Jamie doesn't stand out of the pack when she bakes. And that's what I find so alarming about putting her in the top five in her personal opinion because she hasn't really won many competitions even when they are things like making a blueberry pie or making something that requires baking. Like if you look at her, uh, I mean, not to bring it up, harsh memories, but the panna cotta when she had one stolen, like she did not do very well on the panna cotta. Yeah. So I was kind of surprised, but I'm, I'm looking forward to... The fact that they gave us this information that Elizabeth thinks is like, I maybe think that outside of what we see, these people are performing really well. And I'm kind of excited to see like in the future where we'll see like Jamie really come up on, on things and Christine, how they shine, because we haven't seen it so far. True. But that's just my take on that quick sentence she said. Um, so the teams, red teams, Jamie's, Jamie Elise are and Elizabeth Courtney. And it was Victoria, but then they traded Victoria with Christian as a twist that one of each team is going to swap somebody. So they switched Christian with Victoria, and then the blue team is Leslie Cutter, Dan, Francis Legg, Daniel, and Willie with Victoria. So, what do you guys think? Like, why would they? Why do you think Christian and Victoria are the ones they would they would go with? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I'm right now, lost for words. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't really think that was a very like. I don't think it was a strategic move. I think it was just kind of switching it up, and they were going to switch two people. I mean, what do you think, Daniel? Well, I'll tell you, like, when they, when they were asking us who we wanted to bring over to our team, it, it was pretty unanimous. We all wanted Victoria. Uh, anybody who had had a chance to work with her, uh, up, up to that point saw her as somebody that was just really, really willing to get their hands dirty, mm-hmm. really bust their ass, and really get after it. So we knew that in an environment like this where you've just got to turn out 
tons and tons of like such a high volume of dishes, this was a place where she would really perform. As for the girls picking Christian, um, I think it might have been some of the same logic. I don't really know what they discussed with each other, but Christian is also a workhorse. That guy can just really hustle and really get after it, and that is one of the most important things, if not the most important thing, in a team challenge. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not the kind of place where you need like Scottish Francis with like wild color flares, making on a the molecular eggs. BLT. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just need and like from what we've seen of Victoria, she just like is solid. Yeah, and that's what that's all you need on like a line cook. You just need somebody who's going to deliver the same thing every time consistently, right? And and she has the utmost respect for everybody else in the kitchen. You could see it in tonight's episode when she said she was taking um, taking orders from Willie and saying, "Yes, chef." She was treating him with the with the dignity and the the respect that that he has earned and that he deserved from her. So it doesn't matter who your leader is; you need to embrace that and say yes, sir, yes, chef, and just make sure that you're there for your team. And man, she did such a good job at that. Yeah, no matter how much the editors are going to put in shots of Willie going, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think? Go ahead. Do you think at this point you all kind of in the competition you all kind of know each other's strengths and weaknesses? And that kind of leads to some of the decisions because in uh, in this challenge, they of course Willie and Christine have to be the ex- expos. Um, but where they put everyone on their stations, like, do you think that's based on previous experience, or is it just kind of like you quickly just put it on them? Because I mean, as we saw, not to go too far forward, we saw Leslie kind of evaporated on the eggs, or cracked under pressure because they like to throw those puns in. But <laughs> I think Leslie would have been better on like the bread cutting or something like that, like the BL, uh, the club sandwiches. Right. Well, I think, um, you know, it's honestly hard to remember to go back and be like, man, what was the mindset? What was that day like? Because <laughs> um, it's like watching, um, I don't know, like uh, war footage that you don't really know what mindset you were in when that happened. I don't remember saying some of the things that you see, but that's what <laughs> it was. But I'm trying to think, like, how did those how do we end up with those stations? And it is, I think, partially an assessment from Willie or for Christine. It's an assessment that they make based on how well they've been able to, um, you know, find out what skills we have and what our what our strengths and weaknesses are up until that point. So, yeah, it relies on a good leader to be able to make those kind of decisions. And I, I think um, uh, we all get a chance to voice also, like, I would like to do this or I would like to try to, to run this station. I think I would be good at something like this. So it is a little democratic uh, in the way that those decisions are made. Okay. They just edit it really fast for you. Yeah, that's some boring stuff. You know, you don't want to see it. You need to see it. You need to get to the yelling and the, and the cooking. <laughs> that's what we want to see. And the music. And the music, yeah. <laughs> I'm always wondering if they're setting someone up. Like, I always wonder that. Because, you know, Leslie was obviously doing horrible. Elise was obviously doing horrible. I don't know if it was just like, I'm sitting there like, did they knew they were going to do that bad? So that's why they put them there? Or is it just... <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Could be strategic. No. I mean, I guess that's true. Like, if they had desserts, they could uh, Willie could have been like, I want to get Cutter out, so I'm going to put Cutter on desserts. <laughs> like, I mean... I mean except that on this show, that's not how it works. I know, like, it's if not you, as if they go down, you go down. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's true. Um, oh, I was going to ask one more thing. But I can't remember. I think it's interesting that the guys are like the catty ones in these situations. Like, I automatically already know. I'm like, the girls are going to get along so much better than the guys. Oh, my gosh. It's like Dan and Cutter and Leslie and you. And (laughs) so it's a huge mix. And it's so interesting because the girls just get along. You know, they're all like, Courtney this or whatever. But it's very, very interesting to me. So I got to ask, because even with, with with the military challenge when you're cooking for the soldiers, you became the mutineer, basically. 
who took it away from Leslie and was like, you know what, Francis B., you got to do this. You got this. And in this challenge, you are chosen as the second expediter, which is, okay, you have to have good organizational skills. You have to know what you're doing to do it. And I think Willie saw that. Do you have a lot of experience as like a sous chef as opposed to a head chef? Or like what is – like what kind of leads you to be that general role as opposed to like the presidential role? Uh, honestly, I think I think most of – most of the, what I do in life stems from all the time I spent building and working in video games. So being able to work with you know all these you know incredibly talented people across different disciplines. You have artists and you have engineers and you have pro, you know you have um, different types of designers and you have to find out how to get these things to come together. You have to find out this guy is the only person that can do this one thing. So how do I talk to him to make sure that he's able to continue doing that thing? Cause I don't want to piss him off cause then he won't do it because <laughs> okay. then there's nobody for that job. So uh, I don't know. I think maybe it stems from having experience and a desire to, you know, communicate across uh, different disciplines with a team of, you know, richly different personalities. Except for Leslie. Well, no, I mean, he's, he, he's uh, definitely one of those, you know, different personalities. And I think that you could see in tonight's show that where he, where he pioneers and where he excels is as a lone wolf. I think that when he's on his own in the kitchen, he's doing some really incredible stuff. He made a good cake tonight. Um, he killed the steak like a couple episodes ago. He get it. He got a perfect medium rare. I struggle with that all the time. Like a, a good medium rare steak is really hard to nail. So, you know, he might be uh, like blockheaded and kind of stubborn when it comes to, being in a team environment and being able to communicate to a bunch of different people. And like any other one of us, you know, he might just get frazzled and um, have a little bit too much to juggle at any one point in time. And that reflects, you know, you can see that in the episodes. But by himself, I think he's done an, an excellent job. Do you right. think that has to come into play when they're like trying to pick? Like it says Master Chef and the chef runs a team runs a kitchen. Like, do you think right. that his dynamic with other people has to come into play in that decision? Um, sorry, so the question is, like, do do I think that his ability to work on a team affects him overall? Or yeah, like, or should it in the competition? Certainly, yeah, I think so. I think that um, that is, is such a critical part because nobody's running a restaurant where they're cooking by themselves in the kitchen, right? Or, or, or sure, you might have a mom-and-pop operation, but for the most part... Uh, when you're back there on a line, one guy's doing one part of the dish, one guy's doing salads, one guy's doing... Everybody has a different station, and it's critical to work together, to time your dishes to come out at the same time, to make sure everything is hitting the table while it's still warm. So that is, yeah, huge, crucial to be able to manage those human relationships to be able to get food on a table. Because it kind of... No matter how talented everybody is, if you can't if you can't meet in the middle and communicate, nothing gets anywhere. And we, we saw some of that tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's going to be very detrimental to Leslie's success in this show? Because I mean, if you look at a show like Hell's Kitchen, like they're competing for being the head chef at like London West Hollywood, like a show a, a, a restaurant of that caliber. Mm. But in this show, they're really competing for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. They're not competing to work in a restaurant. That's true. Right. So. I wonder if that's weighed a little bit less than in a show like Hell's Kitchen. I think so. I, I think it probably is weighed a little less in the sense that uh, a lot of it's going to come down to, you know, how you can manage, how you can be a diplomat and how you can keep people on your side. Because when you do those team challenges, we saw we see that the fallout of failing them is you go to the pressure test. And so, you're cooking alone. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> and I get, you know, and I go upstairs. But... Um, <laughs> 
but the thing with the, the thing with that is you want to make sure that you know people are on your side and you're helping other people so that you're on their radar and that you have their approval. It's incredibly important to manage the the human aspect of this show and not just the uh, not just the food, not just the plate. There's a lot of stuff that go that goes on. Yeah. All right. Interesting. So the competition actually starts up because we probably should get into that. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So basically, everyone's given a Master Chef dollar when they come in. They have red dollars. They have blue dollars. Um, as they're walking out, they will put the blue dollar in if they want a tip. If not, they'll just keep going to the door. Same with the red table and the people with the most tips or the win. Basically, they don't have to go to the pressure challenge. Right. right? Yeah. So, uh, Willie and Daniel, you're the expos for there, and then we see a little clip of the red team with Christine saying, unless you have something to say, don't speak to me. (laughs) 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 We don't need communication in this kitchen. (laughs) My God. All right, so these teams, like, they seem fairly balanced, but the red team, like, when you look at... I, I wrote them down in the order of, like, each team's comments. And we look at the red team, it's all generally good until you get to at least struggling with the club sandwiches. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much the only thing that killed the red team this episode, except for the raw chicken that Christian served, which was only a lone instance. So, like, what do you think was kind of going on over there? Did you get a feeling that they were doing a lot better than you during this competition? Oh, not at all. Uh, you don't. Well, it, not not in the sense that not in like a, a, a cocky sense, but just in a sense that um, all we're thinking about is we are head down and we are in the trenches and we are working to do the best job that we can do. So I don't think there was any competition uh, throughout the course of the show where I'm concerned about how somebody else is faring or how their performance is. If you're not focusing on what you're doing and making sure that it's your best, then that's that's. Um, you know, that's somewhere that you need to work on. So just that's the sense that I mean, like, I, I don't I wasn't thinking about them in that regard. I was just thinking, are we managing our team the best that we can? Well, you were the expo. So you're you guys are having trouble with the order numbers. You guys are having trouble getting everything plated and ready to go out because you can't send three things when there's four things on the ticket. Right. So you kind of have more of that view of everything going on. And you can probably see the red team. You can probably see that their food's going out. You can tell that your food's not going out. What are some of the problem areas in your kitchen while you're watching this? And what did you do to kind of help them out or motivate them to get it better? Yeah, I... I, I remembered watching the show that Willie had a few um, problems navigating all the different tickets, being able to send out one ticket ahead of the other. He was going in a very linear fashion. This ticket came in first. This one came in next. This one, we need to go one, two, three. When in reality, you need to jump around and assemble this one because the items to put it together are ready to go. So let's get this ticket out. And there was some help that came from, and I had never worked um that exact position uh, in a re- or like old school style with the tickets I had never had mm-hmm. that kind of management role before. So I had some instincts and I had some some things that I thought would tidy up our operation, but I, I wasn't sure. Also, didn't want to like steamroll Willie and kind of push him aside and do the whole like mutiny thing again and be like, <laughs> I'm in charge. I didn't want to be that guy again. So that was a struggle for me to be able to be like Willie. 
Willie, you need to do this and do this and this and kind of coach him. And I was scared. To, I was kind of scared to do that at first because he's just, you don't want to hurt the guy's feelings. Yeah. He's such a sweetheart, man. <laughs> we love him. He's such a sweetheart. Yeah. So, um, but Graham came by and you saw it in tonight's episode. Yeah, he's he like, helped. He's like, guys, and dude, that's the, that was my favorite part. Any, yeah. Anytime Graham comes over and drops knowledge on you, that was when I was like, this is why I'm here. Yeah. This is why. So Graham Elliott can teach me how to to run stuff, how to get better, how to be smarter about things. And not, you get to carry that forward into the next competition. But once he comes over and says, you need to do this and this, and he, he honed in on exactly what I was thinking, which was, you can assemble this one, wait for this one. And that kind of gave me the, like, I felt a little more motivated after that and could kind of step up. And unfortunately, I, I, you got to see me yelling and being kind of like, a, you know, being kind of harsh, but... This stuff happens, man. Like, somebody has to say that kind of stuff. And I mean, you can see it in my moats. I say, damn it, Daniel, butt out with that mutiny crap. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, someone had to do it. I think Willie probably, like, um, looking hindsight, appreciated it, you know? So yeah. it got him, like, on his toes, and he got it together, and it was a little bit more smooth sailing after that, after Graham stepped Definitely. In. Somebody did have to do it, and somebody has to step up, and it's very, very difficult and challenging, and when you see... Uh, Chef Ramsey, you know, out of the corner of your eye looking on you. Like, it reminded me of when I was playing football and my dad's watching the bleachers. I'm like, <laughs> I've got to pull this out. <laughs> I have got, I can't let this guy down. Yeah. You know, I can't let this guy down. So that's when you step up and, and, and yell at people because somebody has to. Well, then you have people leaving too, which is kind of like fire under your ass even more. Absolutely, man. There's just like, there's fires everywhere to put out. There's so many things going on. So what really poked out to you guys during the competition? Um, I mean, for me, uh, Leslie kind of stood out with the eggs thing, and I think it's just like, we, we talked about it a little bit before, but what it really showed off, I don't think it's as much like when he's alone versus on a team, as much as when he's like at home cooking, mm. he's cooking one thing, or maybe like for like three people. It's like very manageable amount of things, but as soon as you give him like eight burners, where he has to manage like multiple kinds of eggs, and he has to get them all out and like in order and keep them all consistent, like that's when he got, like, it seemed like he did it at first, and then he started to get a little backed up, and a little bit more backed up, and a little bit more, and it's like oh, so overwhelming that stuff just started falling off the table. For sure, yeah. I mean, we got to give him credit where credit is due. There's four or five stations, and eggs are like eggs are notoriously tricky. Yeah, they, they can. There's so many different ways you can do them. They can easily be overdone. So people aren't just ordering scrambled eggs. If it was just scrambled eggs all day long. Anybody could do that, but it's over easy, scrambled. Um, there's all these different factors. Yeah. And he's doing it for everybody. So, and he's plating bacon and he's reaching in the oven. Yeah. Oh, not like, to b- put down at all what, how <laughs> difficult. Yeah. I no, can't that's, that's even important. Imagine. Yeah. yeah. But, that's important. but it did seem like that's, it, and not just in this challenge, but in other ones, it's when he has like to manage a lot of things. Yeah. But then when he gets into that like one dish, it just comes out stellar. Yeah. That's why the pressure sure. chests don't even phase him. I think that's probably true with, you know, you know, if not most of us, then definitely, definitely quite a few of us, because we are home cooks. Yeah, you know, we we don't always get back there and and take over a you know a diner that's been around for fifty years. So there's <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of a learning curve for all of us. Yeah, I guess it's just it maybe the eggs are just like the toughest thing because like when it's fried chicken and like Christian just has he has like one mess up in the entire True. time, but it's just like because it's fried chicken. Okay, dude, put it in, wait, and then yeah. I also found it very interesting that they weren't cooking using a flat top in a diner. He, I think we had a flat top. I can't remember, man. Oh, <laughs> I, I saw a flat do, top. Okay, but doing yeah. eggs in the pan, like each egg in the pan, that seemed very strange to me for a diner setting. 
We were but, doing eggs in the pan. We had a flat top for like for for bacon and some other stuff okay. like that. Yeah. You have any questions, Tracy, at all right now? Nope. All right. Well, so it looks like the blue team's going to lose this point because all of the editing has said so. <laughs> <laughs> and Daniel's really not stepping up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, we get Dan Wu talking some crap about Leslie. And as Joe's walking away from a table, he just always just has this face that he's like, I'm so over this. Like, these people are better do better. <laughs> like, I love Joe's facial expressions because it too. just conveys it to the audience so yeah. well. Yeah. Is, is he intimidating when he's judging your food as it seems on TV? Uh, let's see. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. It's intimidating when any of them are. Okay. There, I... I have a hell of a, a lot of respect for all of them. Um, I think especially Joe. You know what? I don't think a lot of people talk about this, but some people go, oh, Joe, he's just, he hates everything, and he's just, you know, his mom is this incredibly famous, uh, you know, chef. But, dude, that is a guy who, I wasn't born to money. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. But if I was, I'd probably sit at home and play a lot more video games. But here's a guy who got out there and busted his ass to do something and make a name for himself and do something stellar and incredible. So I have an incredible amount of respect for this guy when he comes up to me. The only thing is, he's hard to read. So when Ramsey likes something, he's going to let you know. It's great. I like it. It's perfect. Beautiful. <laughs> brilliant. But Joe is, is a little tougher. You know, even if he likes something. He's still going to look like this. He's going to tell you it's good. But he doesn't have the... He's not, like, just brimming with, you know, excitement like Chef Ramsay or Elliot might be. So he's a tough read, man. But uh, I think Gordon Ramsay is the most intimidating one by far. Really? Is yeah, that because dude. of Hell's Kitchen or is that just because of his status as a chef? No, man. It's just, like, I don't know if you've ever been around a dude like this. But you ever meet these guys that are just, like, super alpha, that are just driven, just know their shit so well... They're never off. They're never wrong. And, and like, there were times I remember when Chef Ramsay would come up to me and maybe I was wrong about something. Maybe, uh, or maybe he was accusing me of doing something incorrectly. And if I could turn it around and say, and be honest and say, oh, but Chef, we weren't getting gas here. Or, you know, this thing wasn't working. If that was true, then he was off my back immediately and he was chasing down whatever, you know, whatever guy was responsible for this problem. He just has no time for bullshit and he's only genuine and real and honest and hardcore all of the time <laughs> and he does not turn off. Like, he doesn't turn it off. You can't turn this man off. It's it's really amazing to watch him work. Well, he's got, well, I guess Kitchen Nightmares is over. He's got Hotel Hell. He's already recorded Hell's Kitchen season 13 and 14 and he's already <laughs> done MasterChef. Yeah. I mean... Well, the, the guy is a maniac for work. The, shame, the same goes for Chef Elliot and for Joe, too, because these guys, you're going to set every morning. You know, you're waking up at 4 a.m. and you're about to put in your 14-hour day or, or whatever, but these guys are doing it, too. These guys who, who are made men, you know, Ramsey, Joe, and Elliot, these guys have done it. They're out there. They've made it. They're here to give us a shot, and they're working the same crazy hours as we have. And then... They have other, you know, things that are still going. They have, they have, uh, restaurants and, books. and, yeah, books. And they have these incredible, you know, empires to juggle and manage while, while they're trying to help us, you know, do our thing. So I have, yeah, tremendous amount of respect for all of them. I'm intimidated just listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's inspiring. It's yeah. truly inspiring once you see a man, any of those guys, once you see the way they work, you're like, oh, this is how you do it. This is how you get after it. This is how this is how hard you have to work. It's kind know? of the same feeling I got when I first met Maria and Kevin, like for the <laughs> first time, or executive producer Maria Menounos and Kevin Undergaro. 
where they they literally work all the time. Like you think that yeah. oh you're you're well off you can do it again. Like no, they are working. No. Kevin's over here and he sees something on a wall. He's picking up Windex and a towel and he's scrubbing it because yeah. that's how you constantly improvement. That's what AfterBuzz is all about. So it's kind of it's really good to have and for me to have somebody like that as my mentor is like amazing to me. So I feel super blessed and I bet you guys feel kind of the same way when you have this chef who is known as like around the world as one of the top chefs of the world yeah right there with you teaching you some of these things oh my god man 100 percent. that is that is the thing that you know when it's all over what do you take away from it well you got to spend time learning from you know these incredible uh <laughs> these guys who have who have done everything that you want to do so you had this opportunity to be around them and like bask in that and soak it up as much as you could well, if you want to soak something up, y'all should soak up our after show by going to iTunes, subscribing, and rating us five stars. Go ahead and lead us a, leave us a comment there, too. Uh, leave five stars and then say something really nice about the after show. Even if you hate the after show, you should rate us five stars and say something mean about it. As long as you give us five stars, I'm allowing you to. I give that segue five stars. That was brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no. That's how you think on your feet, man. That was clean. You got to. And while you're at it, go to YouTube. Uh, give us a little like on there and uh, leave us a comment on YouTube because we do read them. Even if I don't write down your names and give you shout-outs. We do read them. You, you, so. We really do. And then I'll show it to Stephen. Stephen, look what this mean guy said about us. I know. I get. I was I get, so excited about it. <laughs> it's, all, it's not about us. It's about me. They're always <laughs> like, I don't like that Stephen guy. Um, but, okay, also, because I know you're listening, shout-out to Francis Leggy. <laughs> he watches our show all the time. Shout-out to Leslie, too, because we actually met Leslie two days ago, me and Zach at the yeah. after, and Tracy, of course. Thanks, yeah, Steven. I, I'm still here. Hi, guys. <laughs> I know I'm invisible right now, but I'm still here. We had our annual AfterBuzz TV pool party, and Leslie actually was kind enough to come and hang out with us for a little bit, so definitely a big shout-out to Leslie on that. He's a really funny guy. He says he person. does all right, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He was, he was just cryptic enough in what he said. Exactly. <laughs> that I have no, no idea. idea. At all. All right, so going back into this challenge, so basically that's just how it kind of goes most of the show. We talked about we talked about the raw chicken. We talked about um, how people started leaving, but then the sandwiches kind of set them back a lot on the red team. So we get a little bit of the, the, the diner's perspective. and like, oh, this chicken's too dry, so I don't like the blue team. Oh, I'm not going to tip. Oh, I'm going to tip because I love it. I've been here for 35 years. Oh, yeah. Always the seat. And Same meal every day. <laughs> Dude, I said I said something on Twitter tonight, and I really, really mean this. But if you go to restaurants, you know, routinely, let's say once a month, you should probably at some point in your life step into a kitchen, wait, wait on a couple tables, or you know, go work the line or go be an expo just for a couple nights and just watch how hard it is. Watch how hard the people work to get food on your plate. You'll you'll emerge with such a tremendous respect for how fast that business moves and how hard it really is. And if you do go to places every single day, we remember you. Yeah. I, I can I can shout out the Nolans back in North Carolina at Lucky 32 every single night. The same table, <laughs> the same time, the same order, and we just know to make it. Yeah. Know to bring them their own sweet tea. Like, if you guys are regulars, we take care of you in restaurant businesses. I like it, though. For sure. That's the that's kind of the experience of having a place that you like to go to. So the results are Red Team, $87.00. Okay, and the blue team got eighty two dollars. I think I think Gordon probably took out like thirty bucks and put it into the blue team because <laughs> you guys look like a lot of people left with that. <laughs> For sure, yeah. <laughs> it's like this, uh, is, this isn't even close. Let's we got to stuff. 
All right, so the pressure test basically is blue team, of course, is going to the pressure test. So it's guys plus Victoria. That's your team. And they say, Willie, you have a choice. You can save yourself <laughs> and go up to that balcony. Or you can save three members of your team. And you do the pressure challenge. <laughs> Come on, it's Willie, guys. I know. Yeah. We all are like, all right, Willie, go ahead and pick them. Name them all. Yeah, just choose them so we can get it over with. So what? Willie does not save three members. He saves, I mean, he doesn't save himself. Right. And he saves Daniel first. Aw. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. And you say, well, Leslie doesn't know how to be a grown man. He's laughing because he's a child. Uh, yeah, it's, you know what, it's really, it's hard to watch that stuff, man. It's hard to go back and see yourself being, uh, being dramatic, especially if it's some, especially if it's negative, you know, cause you know, people want to look at a, a show. They want to see something you've said for five seconds and, and make a, uh, a judgment on how you've lived your whole life. So it's challenging, man. I've, I've never seen, I've never had Twitter hate like I did tonight and that was tough. Um, but it's all a competition, and dude, you got to understand emotion is so high. <laughs> emotion is so high when you because what did, like what did I give up? Everybody gives up something to be on this show. There's Leslie gave up something to be on the show. All of us did. I quit my job. You know, I I took the biggest risk of my life career wise and just went. I'm gonna go on a cooking show. You know, I don't know where my money's coming from. Let's do this. So. <laughs> So, but that gives you that gives you this incentive to fight. That gives you this incentive to have teeth and to say vicious shit when you have to, or when you're coaxed into doing so. So, whatever, man. You say stuff like that, um, and you know what? I, I won't say that you don't mean it, but you mean it in the moment. But right. afterwards, it's just it was a competition, and I have utmost respect for everybody else that did what I did, and that's give it all up at the, for this one shot at something bigger. So they put as much on the line as I do. So no disrespect to Leslie, man. I just w I want to be clear about that. It's the longest he's gone without riding on his yacht. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm curious though, because what is is it really tough to like see the character of you? Because these shows are very much constructed, like yeah. from the from the moment of casting through editing, like they're constructing characterized versions of you guys to put on television. Right. Do you think that people see you as this like snappy <laughs> guy now? I, you know, I don't know. Um, it's, it's just as interesting for me as um, a fan of the show and as somebody who's watching as, as it might be for somebody else, because I've never seen myself through that lens or I've never, you know, if I, if I do talk like that often, I'm going to be a little more introspective now and ask myself, uh, is that really how I am? Do I, am I always barking at people? I don't, I don't think so. Do your friends coming <laughs> up to you like, man, you, why do you got to be such a dick to Leslie? <laughs> uh, not yet. No, not yet. <laughs> Leslie's Twitter fans are rabid though. Shout out to That's them. That's true. That's true. Um, so we don't have too much time left, so I'm going to rush through this real quick. So he saves Francis L. He saves you. He saves Victoria because, I mean, Victoria, that's why they chose her because she mm. do a good job. She's she did a boss. Good job. Total there boss. There you go. Um, the pressure test is red velvet cake. They give them butter, flour, sugar, eggs, buttermilk, cream, cheese, and food coloring. And Willie's just like, and they're like, have you ever made a red velvet cake before? Oh, <laughs> I have he made knew. several. <laughs> I have made a few. Mm. I have only made several. I love it. I love it. He knows exactly awesome. how to do it. You can tell throughout the entire competition. He's doing super well. Yeah. Leslie... 
uh, talks a little poop about you, Daniel. He's like, he's quick to criticize, not quick to help. He stabbed me mm. in the back when I chose him as my team member on that military channel or ch- challenge. So that's all that Leslie has to say about it, except for I'm going to dust it with wa- with pistachios. <laughs> and Dan Wu's making a very thick batter. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it looks like he's still trying to make egg rolls here. Oh. Ouch. Moving Actually, out. wait. Red velvet egg rolls? Hey, oh. Dude, you're onto something. You got a truck. We have a truck. We just need funding. There you go. Uh, and Cutter, he's never made a red velvet cake, but he's doing cream cheese frosting, and he's too slow because he's decorating way too long. And all the while, we get nice little tidbits of information from Jamie. I smell cake. <laughs> I love when they're talking about Willie's like, somehow he moves so slow and yet so quick. I love that. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, it's I, I, I noticed that, too, but there's just there's no wasted effort. There's no looking for, like, where was the... It's just like, I oh, know, it's right here. He just, <laughs> he's got he's got a method to everything. It's great, man. Yeah. But I feel like then you'd fall into um, Tyler territory if you go too fast. That's so, true, So, like, he man. probably he has more yeah. time to, like, think things through as he's walking towards to get every single <laughs> <laughs> And it kind of gives him this zen view of the kitchen to, like, I know exactly what's going for on. For sure, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, long story short, uh, not too short though. So Dan admits to not leveling the cake. Thank you, Dan Wu. His, his cake is also hard; it's not fluffy. And Joe says it's like boiled wool fur, <laughs> boiled <laughs> sheep wool or whatever. And I'm like, Joe eats boiled wool, and he says it's like a, it's like a kid made it. Cutter has equal layers, but it's got like a lot of frosting, yeah. and he has the American flag on top because America. And he says the outside looks like a hairy back. You know what it reminded me of? His cake. I remember this episode of Beavis and Butthead where they shaved their heads and they taped... And they, oh take, they take their hair to their faces so they can have beards. You to know? get chicks. Yeah, to get chicks. His, his cake looked like <laughs> Beavis's face with just piles of hair taped to it. <laughs> it looked like Steve, Steve Carell's chest from uh, yeah, okay. uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, Kelly Clarkson. Um, then we go to Willie. Willie just, I mean, come on. And he said it was a little lopsided, but everything was great. It was heart and soul on a plate. And then Leslie's was amazing. And if I don't believe in myself, nobody else will. And then, God, Cutter, what the F. Thank you. What the F, Cutter. Told you, I told you, Steven. Baking sucks for me. <laughs> That's not what I said. Don't don't be putting words in my mouth. I like he, America. I, if I could put a shotgun in this cake, I would. He made me It'll so blow your mad. Mind. Last episode, oh. I was like so mad how he was so mean to Dan, and I felt like he threw him under the bus, and I was like anti-cutter i actually wanted him to go home last episode and here he comes again talking back to joe which made me even more mad i was like nope you gotta go dude got to go like kept interrupting him every time oh and he knew he was doing it it was like i mean it's like daniel says emotions are so high so like i understand that but have some self-control like you're a grown man let's there's defensive and then there's stupid yeah it looked like that kind of thing where you start talking before you know what you're gonna say and then you're like oh i have to finish the thought Oh, but this is not a good thought, but it's too late now. Well, so funny to see that Dan and Cutter are the ones in the bottom who didn't do very well on the team challenge, and they didn't do well on their individual challenges either. So now they're back in the bottom. But when Gordon Ramsay comes out, he says, there was, you know, you can talk back to us and you can have whatever attitude you want in this show, but it all comes down to the cooking. True. And one of your cakes was significantly better in one aspect than the other one. 
And then I'm like, okay, great, Dan's going home. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, like immediately like, okay, Cutter's staying because he had a good cake, just more frosting, better yeah. cake. I wouldn't say good. I thought it was probably pretty. Good. All right, well, <laughs> it wasn't too sweet to me. It wasn't too sweet to me. What do you define as sweet? What is sweet? I what don't know. Sweet? What do you tell me? What sweet is? <laughs> I don't know what hot is. What's hot? <laughs> Gordon, what's hot too? Do you know what savory is? I don't know what savory I'm is. I'm trying to learn. <laughs> I'm sorry, Cutter. We're, we're giving you a hard time just because the episode. Uh, I'm We'd not sorry, Cutter. Cutter. You can, were mean to Joe. Cutter can take it. Don't worry. Uh, okay. It is Cutter. sweet like America. <laughs> sweet like the Statue of Liberty in spring covering frosting. Cutter is safe. All right. Dan is gone. Sorry, Dan. We I predicted you as top five, but I was wrong. All right. See you soon next week. We see a giant mystery box. We see Salmon. And we see Gordon taking part. Killing it. I'm guessing it's going to be something like cutting up the salmon into fillets or doing sashimi, something like that, and having consistency. And the winner is going to have the most pieces that are completely consistent. And Gordon has to pass them like it has to pass inspection. Uh, Elise passes out. (laughs) Predictions. She cries. (laughs) We know. And now. You have to make a salmon pie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, it looks like she was getting really faint. I mean. That's tough. This happens on all these cooking shows. Like, somebody eventually slices their hand open, mm-hmm. and they have to get a medic over and get one of the gloves, like the little metal, like, medieval glove <laughs> thing on Gauntlet? there. Gauntlet? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. That, do you think that's going to take her out of the competition, guys? I don't think so. I don't think it hit an artery. Yeah, I think she probably <laughs> has like a paper cut. I'm sorry. I'm being such a hater this episode. Well, no. I mean, even if it's small, whatever it is, they, they show in the preview her, like, yeah. starting to, like... She, lose balance. Some people just at the sight of blood just faint. Yeah, we yeah, know true, she's man. emotional, guys. Yeah. We've seen her be emotional yeah. throughout the entire season, so I'm sure she overreacted a little bit. Well, I don't think she's going to be out, out. Like, she's going to be like, cut herself, and then it's like, I'm out of like, She's going to cut but herself, like, and they're not going to go to the pressure check. Or they're not going to go to the, the the challenge to fight if they're safe or not. So her team's going to win, I think, and that's why that's what saves her. This is fun to hear because I don't even know. No, <laughs> 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 yeah, it's just because, like, man, that was like. Making the show is such an in- incredible whirlwind of, you know, just working and, and doing things and you live so much in such a short amount of time that watching the show is a surprise for me every week that, that oh yeah, I remember that vaguely, you know? I can't, <laughs> I can't too, feel too sorry for her though, cause like, sorry, like little rant right here. You complained about cutting club sandwiches. You said it was really hard. So it was really hard. Sorry. The bread, the meat, the cheese, then another piece so of bread. So hard to make a sandwich. The meat, the cheese. Sorry. All right. Sandwich artists are watching this going, come on! <laughs> it's a club. Hello. Jimmy, Jimmy John is at home. He's like, come on! You gotta make it fast! You gotta make it fast! I deliver it faster than you make it. Um, Alright guys, so that's our show really today. Uh, do you guys have any last questions for Daniel while he's here? I have one quick one. Do you get yeah. recognized in LA? <laughs> you know what? It hasn't happened yet. But I was walking down the street the other day, and this guy goes, dude! And he stops me, and he points at me, and I'm like, here it comes. This is it. And he goes, ACDC, Thunderstruck. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he goes, that's your song. And it is. When I do karaoke, I do ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like... Yeah, and I gave him, you know, I, we slapped five, and I was like, that is the coolest thing to be recognized for. <laughs> if, I, if I never get recognized again, I'm cool with that one. <laughs> that is the way to Love do it. it. 
All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the MasterChef After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. This has been Season 5, Episode 8, Top 14 Compete. I'm your host, Stephen Lemieux. You can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-O-X, or doing the Strain After Show uh, tonight at 11, or from this week forward going to be Sunday nights at... Nine. Nine. With Zach Wilson. Yeah. Of course. Uh, I'm Zach Wilson. You catch me on uh, Twitter at that Zach Wilson and also on The Strain uh, later tonight with Steve Lemieux and The Leftovers. And I'm your host, Tracy Probst. You can find me on Twitter at T-R-A-C-I-A-B-T-V or on Insta, T-R-A-C-I-P-R-O. Where can we find you, Daniel? Again, thank you so much for coming yeah, on. Yeah, that so was much awesome. Fun. Yeah, thank so you. Much fun. Thank you. Um, the best place to find me would be on Twitter at MC5Daniel. I do uh, trivia giveaways every Monday. Ooh. There's all kinds of wacky stuff going on there, so I would encourage you to follow me Any there. fans you want to shout out right now or say anything to them? Uh, oh, put me on the spot. I don't know. Everybody has been super cool. I'm, I'm blown away by how rad the internet has been. I'm so scared to like get involved with haters, but it hasn't really <laughs> happened yet, man. People are being so cool. So Good. thanks to everybody who's followed me so far. All right, guys. We'll see you next week for MasterChef Season 5, Episode 9, Top 13 Compete. Thanks, guys. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Say it. You've been Thunderstruck! <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. <laughs> 